Shut up and sit down. Saddle up, count people, and get ready for another titillating episode of the Dialed Podcast with your favorite yahoos, Matt Lee Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Turing. Yeehaw! Who writes this stuff? Yeehaw! Really? Come on. People, we can do better. Just when I think you've said the stupidest thing ever, you keep talking. Hi, right, welcome back to the Dialed Podcast. I'm Jake Fonder, and I'm here with Lance Hepler. Lance Hepler, ready to go. Let's rip it. Let's roll it. Let's do this. Let's do this. And to our, uh, <laughs> it was my digital left and <laughs> Lance's digital right, we got Matt Legrand. What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? Sorry, I am not in studio. I apologize. He's in his own studio, his home studio. That's because yeah. we're recording home on a studio. weird day and... You have you have actual yeah. responsibilities, unlike me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You don't have a fifteen year old who can stay at home and watch the kids for you for free. Uh, life's hard, guys. Life's hard. It's been a rough. It's been a rough couple days. Nice. Let's uh, let's do some backpedaling. Matt, why don't you start us off? Backpedal, Matt. Okay, sure. Um, I have been uh, doing all the sports, all the triathlon stuff, just to test some watches that came out this morning. At 4 a.m., which is when I was awake working on these videos. But uh, I've done a little biking. I bi- I've been biking with Sean and Shelly every weekend, which has been great. Those guys are cool. Nice. Um, they're good sports. They put up with me. And a uh, little bit of running, not a lot because, and this is weird, I went for a three-mile run, and I think I pulled a muscle in my butt cheeks oh no (laughs) you got a pain in the butt i got a pain in the butt and uh so yeah so after that that was like thursday i was like all right i'm done running for the week and uh i did do the memorial mile which is very very important race on labor day in the coldest memorial day yeah either way whatever call it what you will (laughs) labor day um but uh yeah we do that every year we do a mile we had food and party time and whatever afterwards so Good times were had. Good times nice. were had. Was yeah. it a race? Did you guys race uh, it? It was not a race. I ran oh. with my neighbor. Um, the big kids thought it would be cool to go as slow as they could, and the little <laughs> kids get tired really easily. And uh, I ran with my neighbors, which was not super stressful. Um, and uh, and I did get an open water swim in or two. I'm trying to remember if I did two open water swims or just one. Uh, but man, it's so great out on the lake right now. I nice. love this time of year. Fall yeah. and Leaf Lake, is that where you're swimming? Fall yeah. and Leaf Lake. Nice. Yep. It's clean, no algae. No algae there. No bloom. My wife said she saw something and I was like, Nope, nope, it's fine. It's perfect. <laughs> Fall and <laughs> Leaf is always good. Yeah, I saw a notification for Lacamas and we've got the notification for Vancouver. So Oh, yeah. Lacamas? I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, I saw it on the, the Heritage Trail. I saw it on the trail yesterday, yeah. Bummer. Cool. Did, did you guys go biking together on Heritage Trail? We did. We did. Yeah. As you sometimes do on yes. Sundays. Is that your yeah. Sunday? Is that your Sunday date? Uh, it, this was Tuesday night. It was our. We did a okay. gravel ride on Tuesday night last night, and so cool. we were down the trail. Lots of uh, jogger dodging. <laughs> there was a lot. <laughs> I finally, had to tell myself, all right, just just slow down. It's it's hot yeah. here, and and uh, there was lots of people out on the trail. Even better, you guys. There, we, yeah, we rode. I think you guys should go slow on heritage. Heritages. <laughs> we, rode, 
we rode out to the Columbia River uh, at Washugal, and we rode down Cottonwood Beach. And the water yeah. level's really high, so there's like very little beach. And there were 200 people on the beach. Oh, yeah. In a very <laughs> short section. Great. It was packed. <laughs> and there were five of us on gravel bikes, and we were riding down the beach, weaving in and out of people and missing kids oh, and man. dogs. It was it People was, got a kick out of it, they though. Did. We had, like, yeah. cheering sections all They're over like, the place. Yeah, go! <laughs> Check them out. It was guys. Nice. Yeah. Hey, have back pedal. No, you guys didn't kill anyone. We did not no. kill anyone, so that was good. I had a uh, I had a very rough week last week. I had a lot of crap that happened to me. So a- after having all these back issues and taking like almost uh, a week off the week before, um, I grabbed my mountain bike and headed out to a very popular mountain bike spot um, on Wednesday called Post Falls. It is in the Hood River, Oregon area. It's about an hour from us here. And uh, I went out there, I was ripping some trails, and I broke my frame. Whoops. Oh. <laughs> so my, my, uh, my rear wheel, um, the rear axle came loose, the, t- the tire, the rear tire disc came out, and it lodged in my frame crooked, and it cracked my frame. The problem was I didn't notice the frame was cracked until the next day. Oh, no. Um, so I'd actually ridden the rest, like another hour and a half on these... Difficult trails, whatnot, whatever. So this was a major issue for me because uh, there was a race this last weekend, the Sister Stampede in Sisters, Oregon, and I was uh, headed down there. I needed that bike to race, so Jake and I, I had have a do- bike you can borrow. <laughs> Jake and it's, it's I, it's your bike. <laughs> it's not my you bike. You know it so well. It, it's you're you're right. But uh, Jake and I had to do some scrambling here at the lab to put me on a frame where I could that I could actually race, and so it, it made it a little bit tricky. Luckily enough, uh, I was able to get a bike that I could actually race on. So I went early down to Sisters. It was a long weekend. It's beautiful. Sisters in the Bend, Oregon area. People know where Bend is, and uh, in Central Oregon just fantastic i went down there the race was on sunday i went down on friday to pre-ride the course so that i had i kind of knew where the pinch points were going to be and the hot spots were going to be and um i i got there late like uh, 7 p.m and i did like a two and a half hour ride into the dark um i rode i rode with a headlight so that i could kind of see the trail but that's just the way the day worked out for me and um Kind of funny story. I get back to my van. Um, I've been waiting to hear this for days now. <laughs> I get, Finally. I get back to my van, pitch dark. The whole trailhead's empty. Everybody's gone. And I can't find my van key. I lost mm. my van key on the trail. Now, normally, Oops. I take... That's I, not good. No. Normally, I take my key and I zip it into a zipper pouch and put that zipper pouch into my pocket. But for whatever reason that night, I didn't zip the key in I just shoved it in one of my rear pockets and when I was pulling out like a gel or something that my key must have flown out and I thought you're like nighttime on the trails this will be easy to find (laughs) no it well it was 25 miles of trail 25 miles of mountain bike trail I wasn't going back it was like 9 30 it was like pitch dark (laughs) and so Luckily, I keep an I keep a, an extra key hidden, but it was inside the van, not outside the van. And I thought, okay, if I can get inside the van, um, I'll 
I'll be okay, and I can, whatever, I lost a van key, you know. So, so I check all the windows. Everything's locked except one little tiny sliding. If you look at my van, I have like a, like a sliding like air vent window that opens like the, like the size of an air vent. Um, I don't know. Yeah, please tell me you got it's, stuck in there and the cops came. Probably what? I can see where the story inches, is going. Eight inches tall, maybe? No, about six inches tall? It's maybe six inches tall. And like about 12 or 12 14, or 14 inches, inches wide. wide. So and Lance I, thinks, hmm. I look at that and think, hey, I think I can fit it through there. I bet I can fit through there. So, so the thing oh. is, it's five feet up high. It's not down. It's not an easy spot. So I, I crawled on the roof of the van. I crawl on the roof of the van. I open up that window. I slide my feet in. I have to like work my hips around. I get my butt through and I think, sweet, I'm getting in. I pull myself up and it gets stuck on my rib cage. <laughs> so, so <laughs> I'm stuck in this window. I can't get my rib cage through it. Only the top half of my body is hanging out. I'm five feet <laughs> five feet off the ground and I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, I'm stuck in here. Not only that, I left my phone on the ground. I couldn't call anybody. Uh. I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? It took me a few minutes to wriggle my way out, but I managed to wriggle my way out, and I thought, you are an idiot. You just about... And the way my van was sitting, it was it was facing... My body would have been facing away from, away from the road, so I wouldn't have been discovered till morning. Hunched over. <laughs> Folded over backwards, over. like scorpions, dead. Yes. <laughs> it was so bad. Anyway, so I get myself out, and I, I'm trying to decide which window to break to get into my van so that I can find this, you know, hidden key. And then I remembered I have AAA. <laughs> so, and I'm not sure if AAA is worth it, but it was that night. And um, <laughs> so I call AAA, and it took like an hour and a half before somebody got to me, but they came out and were able to open my van, and I was able to get in and get it going. So, oh my gosh, it was it was kind of terrible. Uh, that sounds chance, horrible. Yeah, just it by, was not good. Just by chance, I'm, I haven't been on social media very much like recently, lately, and by chance, I think I opened up Instagram, and the first <laughs> thing I see is a picture from Mudslinger Events. <laughs> With somebody's hand holding a set of keys. Hey, if these look familiar. Come see us at the <laughs> check-in or whatever. I'm like, oh, that poor sap. Yeah, that was me. That was your key. <laughs> that was my key. So, yeah, somebody did find my key the next day. It wasn't that night. It was the next day because people were pre-writing the course. So somebody does find, find my key. And the guy who found my key actually happens to follow me on Strava. Total luck of the draw. And he was reading my ride title on Strava, and he saw, hey, I lost my, you know, I went out, but I lost my van key because I'm an idiot. And <laughs> he posts on my on my Strava uh, ride, hey, I found your van key. I took it to the registration tent, and I'm like, got to be kidding me. So I ended, up, I ended up getting my key back. Thank you, Stephen Plummer from Team Oregon Racing. That was nice. Yeah. So that was kind of crazy. Anyway, and then there was a race, and I did it. And <laughs> so this is a big race. Sister Stampede is 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 a big race. There were 500 people racing, 500 people registered. That is excellent. Yeah, I'm not sure if it wasn't one big mass start, but he did start us in our waves, mm -hmm. you know, each your each individual age group waves, which was fantastic. 
And um, our wave had 56 people registered. It looks like only actually about 40 actually finished or showed up. So there were some people who didn't show up. Mm -hmm. But um, I buried myself and went out there, and um, I ended up third. I did not win. <laughs> so You can't win them all, man, but that's still an awesome showing. Yeah, it was... Uh, it, 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 it's a great race. It's a great course. It started, it started with a with like six miles of double track before we hit the single track, and my plan was to kind of not do any work in that first six miles. I wanted somebody else to go to the front. I should maybe I shouldn't be telling all these stories because all these people I race against are listening to this, <laughs> <laughs> or they might be listening to this. But um, what ended up happening is our good teammate, Scott Carroll, mm -hmm. um, he also races in my category. Um, as soon as the gun went off, he pinned it. He just bolted. And, I th and the rest of us kind of let him go. But after like a mile and a half, I'm like, okay, we can't just let Scott get away. And nobody else would, nobody else would go... They weren't trying to pull him back. Well, they were waiting for the, the two other guys that were the the favorites, if you will. There, I mean, Scott's were, probably a favorite in there as well. And there's probably another guy who was a possible hitter, but they're they're waiting for you guys to respond to that. There them, were right? three of us who were kind of the favorites the in marked the race. Guys, the yeah. marked guys. And um the other guy, Court Johnson, he was at the front and he decided I'm not pulling it back. And he just pulled off. And I thought, Okay, gosh dang it, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> And so I pulled Scott back, like it, within like before we hit like mile two. Yeah. I pulled him back, and I and we had a group of forty, I guess, and I pulled four guys with me. So it whittled down to only like six or seven guys. Maybe it was five guys or six or seven guys. So then we hit another like wider gravel road, and um, Scott just started pinning it again. And this time I'm, I am, I'm sitting on Scott's wheel. Uh, Court is Court Johnson sitting on my wheel. There's two or three other guys behind Court, and Scott started to go again. I stayed on his wheel for a while, and I eventually went. You know what? I'm going to let Scott go. I'm not going to kill myself to stay on his wheel, and so I just let Scott gap because I was in second mm -hmm. place. I was in second wheel, so I let Scott gap. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm just going to let somebody else pull him back. This is not something I should do. He's my teammate. I'm going to let him go. Nobody else Nobody else went. Nobody else would go around. Do you regret not going, like, right at the gun at all? Or No, I don't. You're good. You're happy. Um, yeah, because um, it just that just wasn't the, the game plan for me. This was like a two-hour race, and I couldn't have gone at that pace for two hours. There's no way. So I just... Um, I, I let Scott go. Scott got about 30 seconds up the road, and by the time we hit the first single track section, um, it was only me in court. We lost everybody else. So it was just me in court. But we start catching lap traffic and um, from previous waves, and we about nine miles into the race, we had passed a guy that looked an awful lot like Scott Carroll. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he was a different teammate. Yeah. And so... Court, court thought that we caught him. And so we get to the one climb, which was a bit of a crux in the race. And um, Court looks at me. He's like, okay, we're out front. So let's, uh, let's just work together and let's just you know sprint it out the end because that's what me and Court do. We're, we're pretty evenly matched. Yeah. And I'm like, 
court. Scott's up the road. We haven't got him yet. He's like, what? Gosh, dang it. And so too many dial jerseys out there. <laughs> we probably had 30 teammates or 25 teammates racing. So there, we had a lot it's of dial jerseys yeah. out there, which was a lot of fun. But um, so court kind of poured it on and I, I couldn't quite hang with him. You know, when he poured it on, I just couldn't quite hang with him. I was catching people on the technical stuff and on the single track and the downhills. But uh, anywhere else, I was getting caught. I ended up catching Scott with like a mile to go. But I didn't I didn't catch Scott so much that um, I, I, I got within like 10 seconds of him. But I couldn't ever close that final gap. Yeah. And uh, he and, knew exactly and where you're at. He saw me coming, and <laughs> yeah, he was a turning it on. Strong guy, so I mean, he can he knows how to pace that. He's it, a smart bike racer. It was it was awesome. So Scott Carroll ended up beating me by like eight seconds. Yeah. I just couldn't quite close it. I love his Zwift style start there, though. It I was mean, a Zwift start. And, and how many Zwift races has he done in that, the last six months? Probably thirty. Probably more than that. probably a lot more than that. Yeah. yeah, he does them all the time, and he he knows that drill all too well. <laughs> Granted, those Zwift races aren't going to be you know an hour and fifty minutes. It's long like this race was, but still, I mean, he's got that kind of in the back, yes. and he knows how to recover from that. So, so it was awesome. I love racing with Scott. We had a great time. I barely made the podium, and I guess that's uh, just fine with me. The rest of that race was fantastic. We had a lot of teammates who did really well. Um, it was just it was a good time to be out there with a lot of cool. our teammates. It was kind. Of, it felt like a normal race because it was all outside. It was on the start area was on private land. Um, we, you didn't have to wear masks at the start. Um, we could, we were able to mask start. I was just, it, it was I'd fun. I venture to guess that the vast majority of people who were in attendance there were probably already vaccinated. Yes, I'm so. sure they were. Yeah, yeah. Obra decided that they were not going to force people to um, show vaccination cards in order to race. They I think changed that's intelligent. Yeah, they, yep. they, uh, they, there was some, there were some rumors that that might happen, but that actually didn't Good. come out. But um, but yeah, so it was it was fun. Racing was fun. Cool. Yeah, that's enough of me. <laughs> uh, my backpedal real quick before we get into our topic for the day. Um, just did normal stuff last week. We did the uh, mountain bike ride, the little Tuesday night mountain bike ride, which was fun. And again, those little juniors still blow my mind. Yeah. They're still fantastic. Um, we went out there and had a good time. Rode a bunch of miles. Uh, we did the flogging ride. That was a blast. And then. Um, over the course of the weekend, it was a Memorial weekend, so I was all solo rides for me. Everybody was gone and out of town, so I was, but I was exhausted all weekend. So it was probably better for me just to kind of hang and do my thing. Right. So, um, not much really to report. Not racing bikes. Not making you know anything out there worthy of telling more stories on. So the flogging ride was good. We had a big, a uh, lot of people show up, had some new people show up. So we did, it was, um, there was a lot of threat of rain there. So the group wasn't quite as big yeah. as it's been in the past, but it was still a good chunk of people. The, the a group was pretty well sized and yep. a lot of hitters out there. And so we went out and played bikes and had fun. I didn't get dropped this week by the a group. Good. That was a miracle. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that was about that. Um, we will do our Patreon stuff. Um, I, we kind of forgot that last week. Oops, <laughs> it was too I, many, too many I, moving parts. I put the I put the thing on the table so I wouldn't forget. The jar is out, so we'll do a Patreon drawing for that. Um, we will do our lead out news and one last thing after our topic for today, and our topic is bike pedals. 
bike pedal. It seems like a mundane little, you know, little benign thing to talk about. But when you think about it, I mean, there's three contact points on a bicycle, and they're all kind of important. And I think that pedals and, and cleat position and all that other stuff can really, like, do you a huge service, or it can be a major thorn in your backside. Yeah. Um, you can feel what Matt's feeling right now, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they can cause all kinds of issues. And I do get a lot of people who come in here to the lab, and they just start asking, like, just basic questions like, you know, why would I go with this pedal versus that pedal? And do I need a power meter base pedal? Do I need, you know, what, what do I need? You know, what's the, what, what's clipless versus clip versus flat versus. Okay. Why, why do they call them clipless pedals? Because that's confusing for a lot of people because yeah. you call them clipless, even though you're clipping your foot in yeah. to a clip. Does it make you sound, does it make you sound like a noob <laughs> if you say these are clip in pedals? These are clip probably. Clip in. Yeah, I'm just gonna sound like a noob because I think when I'm <laughs> trying to explain it to someone, and you're like, you clip into these pedals. Yeah, well, I don't know. It all kind of goes back into whenever they had the quote unquote toe clip. It more it looks more like a cage that you put your foot or your toe yeah. into, so that you can kind of keep your pedal engaged with the pedal throughout the whole pedal stroke. Um, I, it, why, why did they call that a clip? It's, you don't clip into that. You're you're, you're kind of put. There was a there was a strap with a clip that held that held over the top of your. But shoe. you're not clipping in. You're just putting your toe into like a, a stirrup kind of thing. So why didn't they call them like stirrups? Or I don't know. I'm very confused. What, what, they, what do I, they call them on a horse? <laughs> like when you're riding a horse and you put your feet into the little things that hold your feet, that's called a stirrup. And that would make sense because it's got the little part over the top so you can kind of have more control and keep your foot in there so it doesn't fall off. Why you're do, not stirruping in. Well, we get, then, we're changing you, this. Dial's going to make the stirpless. change. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go into I think and change it. I have this theory that the stirrup style, and I know that that's not the right name for it, but that old school style of pedals would uh-huh. be great for triath- triathlon because you get – the sure. benefit of like pulling up on the pedal and you can feel connected to the bike, and then you're in your ra- you're in your race shoes already. Like, right, this hey, oh, needs yeah. to come back. People need to think about this, especially hey, sprint sprint triathlons and stuff yeah. like that. I don't know. No one listens to me. <laughs> but I, I guess well, there's such short races. I mean, I, I guess you don't necessarily need the the. Um, not for a sprint. The, well, you've got the the carbon sole of a, a cycling pedal, so you're not going to be losing as much energy because you've got that hard hard stiff uh, right. carbon sole yeah. that you're not going to have in your running shoes. So do you think that there would be some something lost there, Matt, or do you think it's such a short race that it wouldn't matter? Well, the thing is, is yes, I think you, first of all, they've done studies and you don't really lose that much or gain that much by, you know, you'd think you would. I feel like the big thing that you gain is like more control or more connection to the bike, mm-hmm. but, but you don't realize like um, you're putting on shoes. If that's, Let's say you're pretty fast and you can do it in 20 seconds or something. 20 seconds is a lot of time in a sprint triathlon. Yeah. 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 That's anyway. why you're racing a Speedo, and that's it. <laughs> you got to you gotta go Speedo. You have so. to. Where's, where's Mr. Price? Where is Price? We can't, we can't talk about Speedos without him. <laughs> he's, he's, out, he's out on the floor fixing people. Fixing the broken folks. <laughs> is that what so, he's doing? Yeah. yeah. That stirrup style thing, though, they called that a, a toe clip, and that's where the clip thing came from. And then there's a lot of people that had a hard time getting in and out of that, a lot of bike crashes. And then somebody came up with this wild idea of like, well, let's put a little cleat on the bottom of your shoe, shoe. and let yeah. you step into this pedal clip thing. And that became inevitably a clipless pedal because you didn't have that big toe clip, i.e. the, the stirpy thing. So that's where the, the name clipless comes from. And 
that's just bad nomenclature if you yeah. ask me, but it is what it is. That's, and then uh, that was like that was like look <laughs> back in the early eighties, right? You know, yeah, that was like right. one of the big things at the tour was this look team that had the pedals. Flipping pedals. So we've uh, got if clipless. Price was here, he'd be going cycling history bonkers on it. <laughs> yep. He probably still has a bike with no clips on it. <laughs> run a, probably has exactly. a poster run or something. Run a microphone out there real quick and ask that kid. So, um, and then uh, you've got flats. So a lot of people still like to ride flats, and there's still like a, a, a pretty good group of the, the cycling world that rides off-road. And you've got a lot of your like just you know casual cyclists that will ride flats. Yes. But a lot of people that, that prefer flats over a clipped pedal or clipless. Yes. Stupid <laughs> Cliffless. <laughs> so let's run around the table real quick. Let's talk about the different pedals that we've used and what we're currently using. So, Matt, Matt what are you using? What what kind of pedals do well, you have on your different here, bikes? This is the problem that I have with our group. We don't have a great like variety of pedals that the three of us use. Uh, I The majority of what I use is a look-style clip-in pedal. And mm-hmm. I said clip-in. Uh, I also use the egg beater style. I think it's Crank Brothers is the brand name that I use if I am, you know, either mountain biking, cyclocross kind of stuff, that kind of stuff. That's when I would use that pedal. And theoretically, you know, maybe you get better power transfer with something like a look compared to, you know, something like egg beater. But like, I don't know, with the, you know, carbon bike shoes that you have, part of me wonders like, is the benefit to being able to clip in on either side of the pedal itself, you know, enough of a benefit that I shouldn't, that I should be looking past, you know, something like the looks that I use or the SPDs, which is basically kind of the same style, right? Uh, I don't know. I think that's an interesting discussion. There, I think everyone basically, whatever they learn on is what they just roll with for a long time. Most likely, uh, yeah. And that's that's been my scenario is that's what I first tried. That's when you learn to clip in and then you learn to fall over and get back <laughs> up, brush yourself off, try it again until you kind of get that muscle memory pattern down. And, uh, and that's a, a tough learning experience that we've kind of all been through. But that was with look pedals and I've just been on them ever since. Yeah. Uh, it also doesn't hurt that they're a very common, you know, pedal pattern. And like, for example, Garmin used, has used that particular pedal up until now when now yep. they have different power meter pedal options. But up until this year, you know, Garmin probably for not, not 10 years, but it's probably been six or seven years or whatever has been making their vector pedals just with the look style cleats and, and not other options. So I think it's, it's kind of good to go with the standard, and that's fairly standard-esque for road. Um, you know, it would probably be weird if I was wearing, you know, the egg beater style cleats or or whatever pedals on my road bike. I and it, they probably would be fine. I doubt I would lose that much power, but uh, it would be unusual. It'd be unusual, mostly because the shoes that go with those are much yep. heavier and not as aerodynamic as the yep. road shoes you would be. But there's nothing to say that someone couldn't. Nope. A lot of uh, you can probably set it up multiple ways. But yeah, there's nothing stopping some company from being like, yeah, we'll make whatever you know and just wear whatever works. And I don't know. I I would think that like the the bigger platform of something like a look would be better power transfer. That's the theory. I don't know if people have really dove into that to study to see to say that it is one way or the other. So you're talking about the the idea of running like a look style pedal mm-hmm. off road. Is that what you're saying? 
No, just well, I'm saying no. The opposite. Well, I, of that. I don't think I would oh, do that the because of the on oh, on road. Road. egg beaters gotcha. on the road. Gotcha. Uh, I think if you if you go the opposite direction, there's I think that you know looks out pedals or you know SPD. I I think that those pedals are really truly designed for road. They can handle road, road grime, all that stuff. Uh, but I think that this you know pedals that are meant for mountain biking are built a little bit more with kind of durability in mind yeah. and probably less like weight saving kind of stuff. Like yes. the pedals that I have behind me on this bike are like supposed to be, they're like the look ones with that little carbon fiber thing in there for the, that's how it uses the tension. And it's like, those things are super light, but like, do I really need super, super light pedals? I don't know. I mean, some people are super into keeping their bikes as light as possible. I don't think I need that. Uh, but they work. They're fine. Um, they're definitely not built for you know going off road or on trails or whatever. They'd Correct. Probably be okay, but I don't know. I, I think going the other direction from and I've had people say this before. They're saying, "Oh, you're learning to clip in. Get a mountain bike style pedal. Put it on your road bike because you'll get used to clipping in. It's easier to clip in, and you'll never notice the power difference." And I don't have a strong argument to say. You should probably stick with with standard for road, which is you know look or SPD or I don't know if I would suggest speed play, but one of the biggest issues with using a mountain bike type pedal and shoes yep. on the road, is, especially if you're sprinting, you can pull those you can pull those you can pop them right out. But here's the thing: don't you so, think that there's similar or even more so maybe power output? Um, or sprinting for both like m- true mountain bikers or cyclocross racers that yes, use but, those types of clips. But um, it's it's not as often, and it's usually it's usually a little bit more subdued power. It's not. Mm-hmm. Whereas on the road, I, I, you, you almost all your power transfers right to that pedal, so you could do a twelve hundred or a fourteen watt sprint on the road. And when you're trying to do the same thing on a mountain bike or a cyclocross bike, because of the tires, because of the train, because of whatnot, right. the the Break power loose, yeah. it, it it dissipates just a little bit more. So that top power might only be, even if it's 1,200 watts, it's only like a thousand watt transfer to the tire. I'm getting in the weeds here, but you you understand. Yeah, what I'm I saying. totally understand what you're saying, but you almost need to have that pedal, that off road pedal, be something where you can get out a little bit easier. It's going to unclip a little bit easier, mm-hmm. so that you can dab, so that you can put your foot down, so Correct. that you can save yourself from going off the side yes. of a cliff or all kinds of stuff like that. And that just happens all the time. It's a little bit more. I mean, the the more you ride, and you and I put in so many miles on the bike let's be honest that we're going to get out of both pedals really quickly yes probably a lot faster than your average bear you know and that's pretty typical of a lot of cyclists but you can get out just a little bit easier with that that other pedal those mountain bike type Mm -hmm. pedals yeah like lance was saying though when you're in a sprint situation if i'm going to be in a sprint finish and i'm putting down 12 13 14 1500 watts the chances or the likelihood of my road pedal coming unclipped despite everything like you're you're it's it's not a perfectly linear thing you're moving laterally a lot side yes. to side when you get down and you look at the the, the frame by frame uh, motion of a, a cyclist going through a sprint finish there's a lot of movement there if you take that same movement and you put in an off-road cleat they're likely going to come out there's more likely it's going to pop loose yeah. yeah you get to the point where you know where to position your feet and you don't even think about it so that they don't do that so that yeah. like if you are in a sprint right. kind of situation in a road or the mountain bike stuff it's not going to just pop out and you go flying over the bars but 
you start to develop that that knack, but it's still there's a likelihood of it happening. It I've even had time. my foot come unclipped. You had it happen just on a flogging on ride. A flogging was, ride, like a month ago. It was just because yep. your pedal was just a tiny bit too loose. I had the tension set too loose, and I I pulled my road cleat right out of the pedal <laughs> and landed on the top tube. Yeah, so. You know, but to go back to Matt's point, it's perfectly fine to use any of them, and it would be hard yes. pressed to like for your standard person, even somebody that's doing big events, like they want to do a uh, hundred mile local charity yep. bike event or something like that. It doesn't matter what kind of pedal you're on. If you're riding clipped in, you're definitely going to be you know having an advantage over somebody on flats. But you can even go ride it on flats if I, you want to. Let me also yeah. make it clear that you will at some point not clip out in time and fall over. Okay. How about this? <laughs> tell, tell, tell your story. Your first time. Can you remember the very first time that that happened to you? Because I can clear as day remember mine. And it, was, uh, it was ugly. I, and it was, I have it was two very good stories about that. Go ahead. <laughs> One was, yeah, the first time was the first ride. Okay. The very first yeah. ride, I'm on my clipless pedals, and... They were speed play pedals, actually, because of whatever, for whatever reason, when I started triathlon, yeah, I started with speed play. And um, I'm on my road bike, and I'm pulling up to the very first stop sign, and I just, you know, I tilted my weight to the wrong side and took the wrong foot out and fell right over. (laughs) So, yeah, of course it happens. The other good story that happened to me was after a race at PIR, I just had done this whole race where I did the the whole thing and I like performed pretty well and I'm feeling all good about myself. I think I made the top three in the final sprint, and I and I pull up to like to like celebrate with my buddies and uh, promptly fell straight over on the side because <laughs> yeah. I didn't pull my foot out. That one was recent, right? Didn't it was like, like, like it was like two years, two ago, years ago, three yeah, years ago. Actually. I feel like I remember that. Fell right over, and that's after. A ton of experience with That's where you got to play spells. that off and make it look like you did that on purpose. Oh, and, like, I, you just keep cheering on the ground, you know? I tore skin off and I shut up and like, I am an idiot. That was, That's hilarious. That was so funny. How about you, Matt? Yeah, actually, first time I clip, use clipless pedals or clip-in pedals, whatever you want to call it, we um, I went for, I think I route just a, a loop around Lacamas Lake, maybe. Sure. Uh, and it was like, all right, you know went through the whole ride, you know, nervous about like knowing full well that there's a good chance that I would fall over. And I got back to my house. We didn't live in this house at the time, but I got back to my house and it was still a cul-de-sac right in the middle in front of all my neighbors. (laughs) And, uh, I, and in my mind, I'm like, I did it, dude, I got this. (laughs) And, uh, you know, then it's like the, uh, 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 and, Slow, 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 <laughs> slow fall tumble. over. Yeah. And, and I was sore the next day, and I was like, yeah, I just, you know, you just tip straight over, and uh, that's how it goes. I'm sure I fell in addition to that, but I remember that one clearly just because I remember thinking, like, I made it, and then <laughs> I didn't. And it was so <laughs> visible because the neighbors were just, it was like right in the middle of the circle of the cul-de-sac, just tip over well if it's gonna those happen falls are, those falls are funny yeah if it's gonna happen it's you pulling up to a stoplight where there's 50 yeah. cars around and they're all watching everyone watches fall over it's happened to me too mine was i had a, a mountain bike and this is when i was in high school i think it was a senior in high school and i used to ride that bike everywhere and i was just the the, the one and there was like one guy that would sometimes go for a ride with me maybe another guy but you know i used to like 15, 20, 25 miles on my mountain bike. And I'm usually riding on the road. And it was just because I enjoyed it so much. So I'm like, I need to get different pedals. I went out and got myself some clip pe- or clipless pedals. 
Do you remember which ones they were? Um, yeah, they were the uh, Welgo, and they were the like where you have. So Welgo uses like the the Shimano cleat, uh, like a mountain bike okay. style cleat, and you can clip in on one side, and it was a regular flat pedal on the other side. Uh, okay. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna oh, yeah. okay. two birds, one stone here. And the the bike company was Welgo, and I think they still make pedals to this day. If anyway, that's near here. So I'm riding clipped in, right, and I'm I'm. Thinking, all right, this is going to be. Uh, oh, and the other thing is, I was down. I went down to the Pacific Coast Highway, so I'm riding down in Encinitas, and I don't know if anybody knows where Encinitas sure. is at, but it's in like a beautiful part of town, north of San Diego. North of San Diego, we've ridden through there even on our team training camps. Yep. And I'm down there on the Pacific Coast Highway. When you get down into little beach cities, there's like stoplights and you know there's bike lanes and all that other stuff, but there's a lot of traffic. And so I'm clipped in, and I'm riding, and I'm trying to pay attention to the traffic, trying not to get hit by a car. And I'm so, like, obsessed with making sure that I'm minding all my P's and Q's and, and not getting in, in the way. I pulled up to a stop light, right, because it just changed. And I pulled up there, and I did. I was too busy looking around. I'm like, oh, I got to clip out. I couldn't get my foot out. And I fell over in the intersection in front of probably 50 cars and people <laughs> standing on the, the sidewalk trying to crosswalk. And I'm like, what a freaking idiot. You could see people laughing, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it's gonna happen. That's but. that's even harder at high school at yeah. the high school age where you're like, you know, pride is. I mean, I guess it's hard anytime. Yeah, but dent your ego just a little bit. People, but. It, oh yeah, it's gonna happen to you. It happens to everybody. Yeah, it happens to everybody. Yeah, that's what we have to tell people all the time, and yes. I, I deal with it all the time. You know, so telling people, hey, it's not if but when you're yep. gonna fall over. You're gonna fall over. Yeah. It just makes for a good story. Just remember that moment. So. Right. <laughs> um, all right. So getting back into this, uh, Matt kind of went through the pedals that he's using. He's got the Look Style um, Road. He's got the Crank Brothers Egg Beater Style on his mm-hmm. off road. How about you, Lance? Um, I rode for years on Speed Play, like we talk about. Um, but I switched to the uh, Garmin Vector pedals on my road bike. Okay. Two years ago. Okay. Two and a half. Wow, years ago, just two like years ago. Yeah, you've been. You've only been on that look style for two years. Yes, and, and was that um, was that? Did, were they? Did they feel different? Because I need to learn how to use speed play just for like um, testing stuff. on I the channel. tell you what, they're they're way easier to clip in and clip out of than the speed play ones, and I find that the the pedal platform is bigger on the vectors or on the look style than yeah. on speed play. So I I so feel like play, it's like tricky to get your foot right where it needs to be. Yeah, especially if you've and got then, any grit or sand in that little oh, yeah. ring. What yeah, about getting out of them? Because that's what I'm scared of. I don't want to like fall over re- relearning how to clip in and out of speed play. Oh, it'll happen, Matt. You'll fall oh, over. Shoot. I don't, <laughs> what if I tape? What if I tape pillows to my body? That's Is awesome. that a good idea? That's a good Bunch idea. Bunch of charm to you, yeah. Well, you can Just adjust. Yeah, you can, can adjust the tension, the, the, the tension and the the disengagement point, if you will. So you can make it so where okay. it's super simple to get out, or you can make it to where you really have to externally, or I guess it would be internally, right. rotate your foot. Yeah. One thing I. One thing I liked about the Speedplay pedals is that they're double-sided. You can yeah. clip in on either side of the pedal. And the look styles, is, there's only one side. Yeah, but to that point, go ahead. You're probably going to say it. Yeah, I was nervous that that was going to be an issue. Guess yeah. what? It's not, not an, an issue, issue at all. It's a little on... bit of an issue. I promise you, you guys don't clip in perfect every time. No, no, not but every time. When you stop and you unclip, the the back end of the pedal is weighted because yeah. that's where all the tension is at. So it's always set up in that right position. It's not yeah. a perfectly up and up and down perpendicular position, but it's kind of sitting at an angle. It's not forty five degrees. It's just a, it's between like forty five and ninety somewhere, maybe like sixty five yes. or seventy degrees. And it, it's really simple for you just to bring your foot up and drag it across, and the the toe yep. part of the cleat engages yeah. very easily. It's and not it terribly right difficult in. to get in there. 
my 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 point was that um, I prefer the look style much more to the speed play and and if I hadn't have switched over I wouldn't have known that it was a difference but I prefer the look style mostly because like the platform is just bigger I feel more mm-hmm. stable yeah. on the pedal and I feel like I have less hot spots in my shoes and maybe that's because my other shoes with speed plays weren't didn't have a really solid carbon fiber sole yeah that that could have had something to do with it but um i do like the look better than the speed i I, i'd have to agree i've ridden all all those as well i mean i've ridden gosh just about every kind of style of pedal you can think of with pedal platforms and that's the one that i come back to that's one that i like the most i just feel like it's the most stable i feel like it's easy to get in and out of i feel like when you're putting foot your foot down on it and if you have it properly positioned in place um i i get the best power transfer i just feel like it's a very stable platform right. for disbursement of the power through the pedal that's just my two cents but that's that's my experience uh on my mountain bike and cross bikes and gravel bikes um i do spd type um type pedals and version, yep. mm-hmm. it, i don't do the egg beaters i do the spds mostly because I started with SPDs, and that's just where I've that's I've just always used them. I th- I think that you know we talked about like what's the standard. I think that, that that's probably more of a standard than the egg beater style. Although it seems like more and more people are going the egg beater style direction, but the, I don't know. I still think you know the more advantage, SPDs pedals yeah. sell than comparison. I think you're right. Um, I think they're. I think the SPD style is a little more stable than the egg beater, but the mm-hmm. egg beater sheds mud so much better yep. than the uh, SPD style. Now, it's easier to get into. Way it is. Easier to it get is because there's like four sides you can get in on. Yeah. Um, whereas the SPDs, they are reversible. Mm-hmm. You know, one side or the other. But um, I, there's only been a handful of times where the shedding of mud issue became important and it's always been in cross races because cyclocross you're getting off and you're running and if it's a muddy nasty cold race um your cleat can fill with junk and your pedal can fill with junk and sometimes it's harder to clip in with spds and in those situations the egg beaters are better but uh, I just I still have never used can you make a case for sticking with the the shimano style off-road spd cleat can you make a case for it over the egg beater? Um, it it has a uh, it has a wider platform, so you have better power transfer than uh, with egg beater. Then, well, Crank Brothers does have other options for it. Yeah, I guess Crank Brothers oh, do. Right. They do have ones with. They've got the candy, which just has the platform. The platform around with it. the built-in right. like egg beater. I style. wonder if those can- that candy style collects more mud though. It probably I mean, does. I mean, sure it does. Those. Yeah. But it's still pretty easy to get out because I did use the candies for a while. Um, did you? Granted, I didn't do a lot of the cyclocross stuff back in the day, but I still had plenty of times where I was out there riding in muddy situations. And you get it on there. And what you do is you just smack your foot on the pedal yep. and yeah. it just, you just it gets it off and then you just clip right in and you go. But, but that's kind of what you're doing with the SPD. The same right? thing happens yeah. with the SPD. If I can't clip in, I, yeah, you pull your foot out and you just, you bang. You bang your foot against the cleat, and enough mud clears that you can clip back in. Yeah. Or you go in for your pick bike. There you go. <laughs> have you ever ridden the Crank Brothers? Uh, can- I haven't. No. Nope. No candies. No. No, no experience. With I the have crank no experience Brothers. with Crank Brothers. Huh? Yeah. Gotcha. I never rode on. Well, it's kind of funny because I rode on um, Crank Brothers ever since I really got into mountain biking. So this was probably. 
God, maybe like mid two thousand, like two thousand five, four, somewhere in there. Like my first clipped in pedal that was with that was a uh, other than that Weldo right. one that I was talking about. But when I started doing a lot more like conditioning and training and riding and racing, it was always on the Crank Brothers. So that's where all of my experience was at. I, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I did a race. It was uh, it was called the. Well, they say it's not a race, but it's a race because they have finish line and times and all that other stuff. But um, it was the, called the Ride for Rwanda. Um, it's down in Southern California, and it's a, a big ride that's a 50-mile mountain bike ride that's a race. And yeah. there was a lot of people that would show up to this. I mean, it'd be thousands of people that would show up to this race. It was big. And we were down there, and I wanted to be the first one to finish, the first one to cross the, the finish line and make it happen. And I was hammering, going so hard. And it really boiled down to, like, just – there was three of us. It was me, another guy, I can't remember his name, and um, the third guy was actually in a single speed, but he was like a, a state champion, like cat two single speed guy yeah. that was just crazy wicked strong and fast. And Matthew Palmer, if my memory serves me correct, was his name. Anyway, we're duking it out. We're probably... 30 miles into this thing, and I, I put some time into him. I was leading. I was out front of everybody, and the Crank Brother, the 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 egg beater, the, the little engagement points where you click into, yeah. the spring on that broke. Oh. And you, there's nothing to clip into. So, in essence, I've got a mountain bike shoe with a cleat on it, and I'm pushing down on the spindle. That's no good. Because that's all it is. <laughs> yeah. and, and so your foot slides off. It's all over the place doing its thing. Well, that was that's the only time that I've really had an issue. Well, I've had one other issue, but that's neither here nor there, um, that I've ever had a, a, a real true issue with the Crank Brothers. And so I get up to the next aid station, and Shimano was actually supporting this. They were like one of the title sponsors, and they were at some of the aid stations. And by chance, I pull up there, and they had a mechanic. And I'm like, does anybody have a pedal? <laughs> and the guy's like, yeah, I got some in my car. So he ran to the car real quick. And then I, I got off the bike, and these guys were so cool. They took my bike. They took everything off. They took my shoe. What? They're putting on a new cleat. They're putting on a new pedal. And meanwhile, I'm getting hydration and getting a quick bike to eat. And the guy, that the, the single-speed guy that was my, my nemesis in yeah. that, passes me. He's like, what happened? I'm like, my pedal broke. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, bro. He's like, going to keep going. <laughs> See you yeah. at the finish. Yeah. And so they got me set up, got that pedal on there. I clipped in, and at that point in time, I was probably five minutes behind him. With, about, with, make it up. with 20 minutes to go, I made up the time. <laughs> yeah, of course you did. <laughs> and I caught him towards the end on a climb, just like went blasting by him. He's like, oh, my God. Uh. <laughs> but that was my first uh, interaction with those. And the one thing that I noticed, and I don't know if you – how much – because I really haven't done too much riding with them, with the SPD-style um, off-road cleat, is the amount of float that was in there. It felt like my foot was much more locked into position, and I felt like I, I really couldn't get any float going on there. Do you have a lot of adjustability with the there float? There is on adjustability this? with the float, and you can buy cleats with different floats, floats gotcha. in them. Yeah. yeah. Versus the the Crank Brothers, I just feel like they're it's like perfect for me. It's There's like a lot of just float. enough float. It's easy to get in and out. It's easy to to unclip and, and put your foot back in and, and not really lose a lot of momentum. So um, I feel like there's a lot of float on the Crank Brothers. There is, but you're not. I, I don't. But think you're it's used to it. I'm used to it. Jake's used to not, it. It's not a yeah. bad thing. I actually kind of use that to my advantage, and I don't. I can't think of many times where I've unclipped. I mean, I've raced in those things. I've done short track in those things. I've done cyclocross and gravel races yeah. and yeah. all kinds of craziness. I've, I don't. I can't think of a single time that I've come unclipped where I didn't want to. So that, that kind of makes a point to Matt <laughs> in terms of like the sprinting right. thing because there have been plenty of times where I've had to sprint. Just sprint so. and it still worked. Yeah. I have on an SPD style um, pedal, I have broken a spring on it as well in a sure. mid-race yeah. as well and couldn't. Now, see, here was the issue with that. I broke the spring. I broke the pedal 
uh, mid race. It was a cyclocross race, but I was still able to clip in on the other side. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. But so, but every time I got off and had to run a barrier or something, chance, I, I yeah. had to like, yeah. If it wouldn't clip in, I had to like flip the Put pedal over. over and I could get it to clip back in. Yeah, that's Buddy. interesting. So that was that was something else that would go. Matt, you got a visitor? Needs to Matt's, say hi. Is it Dash? Uh, Dash wanted to know if he could have a popsicle. What do you Dash, guys think? You can have all jury? the popsicles. All the popsicles. <laughs> the jury says yes. Just bring the your dad one too. Yes. <laughs> right on. So, um, did you finish saying everything that you used? Yeah, just Apple? just the fact that I, I've been I've been really happy with the SPD style thing, sure. and now that that Garmin has come out with a power based SPD pedal, these rally pedals, which are new this year, which you can't get yeah. anywhere because they've all sold out everywhere. Unless you shop at the Dial Cycling Lab, <laughs> we still have a few. Got a couple. Yep. <laughs> but um, uh, I, that's a that's a great option. So oh, oh, we lost Matt. <laughs> I will. I'm not. Super. Under, am I? Is my voice still here? But my your voice not? is still here. Yeah. Correct, Matt. You can hear my lovely voice. That's all you need. <laughs> Got a cool little color block over there on the live stream of YouTube. Anyway, finish what you're saying. Uh, that my camera gave out. I'm not. I'm not super stoked on pedal-based uh, power meters. I'd rather have a uh, a cork or a, or a crank-based. Um, power meter than pedal-based power meters, but in some cases where you have several bikes and being able to switch power meters just by switching pedals between bikes, I see the draw in it. Oh, yeah. But um, I don't know. I guess the Vectors have had a lot of battery and battery door issues, and um, the the Garmin Vectors, and they've improved those drastically over the years. But this yeah, I'm just curious to see how things go with the Rally because I figure, I mean, it, when they came out with the Vector Three, the power base power meter, um, I, I kind of was under the impression that they kind of worked out all their kinks in the two prior generations, and they had a bunch of issues with those. Not nearly as many as the twos or the ones. Correct. The ones were brutal. Yeah. Yeah. But. It, to Garmin's defense, they stepped up, they owned everything, and yeah. they took care of everybody, um, whether that was sending you internals, sending you battery doors, sending you brand new pedals. Yeah. Yes. They were taking care of you to the nth degree. They wanted to make sure that you were happy. So yeah. that, that part was good. Every time I had a problem with I – had, I had bought Vector 2s, but I have Vector 3s now because uh -huh. because – Garmin ended up sending me new ones when yeah. I had trouble, so it, it all worked. Yeah, and now they've got the new rally pedals, so I'm yeah. hoping that fourth time's the charm, right? <laughs> That's what you think. That's what you hope. But so far, so good. I mean, I know that we've got a couple people that are out using the, the, the off-road style, the SPD off-road style uh, pedal, and they've chimed back in and let me know that they are fantastic. They're a little bit heavier, but they're also a power meter, yeah. and they love them, and a few other guys, uh, once they got them set up, have really enjoyed the uh, the road-based version as well, right. so that could be good, and like like you said, that's a good pedal to have if you've got multiple bikes, and you need to basically be able to transfer that across to all bikes. This, this became an issue uh, for me a couple years ago, actually, uh, because um, I didn't have a power meter on my gravel bike. Correct. And um, I wanted the power data for a gravel race I was doing, so I used my my uh, my Garmin Vectors, my Garmin Vector Twos, for and put them on my gravel bike. Well, those are road cleats. Yep. <laughs> and my road shoes, 
And of course, I did a gravel ride where I ended up having to get off and run for a mile. Oh my gosh. It threw the dirt and mud in my road cleats. How long did those cleats last? I mean, did they break or did they wear off all of the I, connection points? Or I, were they smoked yeah, after that? Yep, they were smoked. I had to replace the cleats after that. Oh, that's so, a bummer. And now I have a crank based power meter on my on my gravel bike and so that didn't become an issue but that was a that was one of the reasons why i got those pedal based power meters initially was because i switched them mm-hmm. between my road bike and my gravel bike every time i w- were riding one until i bought another power meter because <laughs> <laughs> it's expensive yeah. you're trying to keep costs down you yeah, know yeah you own a lot of power meters my friend yeah, I have a lot of power <laughs> so if uh, if someone were to come up to you guys, and I'm sure they do quite often, and ask you, hey, I'm getting into this whole cycling thing, or I've been riding for a little bit, and I am on flat pedals right now, but I want to I ride clipped in. What power? What pedal are you going to recommend to them for the road? What What's going to be your go-to pedal that you're going to recommend I, to them that you think? I think what you do with? is you, you tell people what you're familiar with, which is just happens to be what all of us ride in. It's not necessarily the right thing or the wrong thing. I don't think that... Any of us would be like, go speed play. Be- I, first of all, speed play is expensive. I don't, I don't know if that's the... I, I just don't know. I think that all of us would probably be like, well, we know look. We're familiar with look. Yeah. That's what we... T-. And if they were like, I want to ride cyclocross, we'd be like, go Crank Brothers. I mean, because that's what I'm familiar with. I mean, and I, I might even SPD mention... Because that's what and I'm you would familiar say SPD? with. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't... It's not like I would even say like, well... I might say something like, well, SPD is a great option... Or this is what I use, you know, and this works great. Yeah, I, I don't think I would feel passionately about making a recommendation, if that makes any sense. Can you make a case for, say, Look versus the Shimano Road SPD? No. No, they're basically the same. They seem, they, yeah, they seem so similar. They're, I mean, I think the looks a, Look seems like it's a little bit wider. Mm, it's actually the other way around. The uh, Shimano is a little bit bigger of a pedal. Or not is pedal, it? but a bit, well, it is actually a bigger pedal and it's a bigger cleat. So yeah. I think it's a, a little bit more clunky, almost uh, to say. But that almost mm. might make it a little bit easier for somebody to get that pedal engagement because if you're dealing with mm. a smaller pedal, smaller cleat, it's just right. less contact area. But I, I don't know. I'd have to ride both of them. I I always lean towards telling people, look, that's that's the best mm-hmm. way to go. I'm I'm same. I I like the look pedal. Even after riding speed play for years, I certainly I prefer the. I remember we had a conversation when I was about to switch over, and I'm like, I, I don't want to switch away from speed play. I'm like yeah. used to it, and you're like, dude, just try it. Yeah, and um, yeah, I'm sold. I haven't gone back. It's. I mean, I think the speed play are great for people that have very specific needs, and I I don't think it's a bad setup. I I just think it's probably a little bit more difficult to engage. I think it's a little bit more difficult to set up. There's a lot of like adjustment that go into it, and people start looking at those and are like, "Oh my gosh, there are so many so screws many adjustments. and adjustments yeah. and positions and all that other stuff." So it's almost like if you're working with a pro bike fitter, or if you're very familiar with them, yeah, they're going to work great. But if it's right. just a newbie coming off the street, I'm not going to send them to that. You know, it's more of like, all right, here's your basic look keel cleat with your basic look keel pedal. This is how it engages. That's it. And then there's three different colors, and those all correspond to a different style of float. And then once you get the cleat on there, uh, there's only three screws, and it's just like you show them how to align that and right. where to put it in relation to the uh, the ball of their foot, and then off they go. It's a pretty simple, it's a, straightforward. It's a simpler thing. system for yeah. sure. But... You know, maybe that's what what people should do is like, hey, I'm using look and I'm having knee pain or whatever. And 
I'm interested in trying, like that's maybe at the point where you start to look around and say like, okay, well, my next recommendation for you is to try something where you can, you know, adjust float a little bit more, adjust pedal position, and, and maybe speed play or something like that is a better option for having yeah. more adjustability. Right, right. And yeah, I know that there are lots of different things and shims and things like that that a lot of people do yeah. for lots of different pedal systems. Yeah. Um, but, you know, again, talk to your bike fitter and they may have recommendations that way also. Sure. Yeah. And you, you mentioned something like the shims. I mean, that's a really easy thing to adjust with them. And, and our bodies are not perfect. We are not perfectly symmetrical. symmetrical. We're not right. all injury free. We're not all like built to be these little motors that sit on top of these bicycles. And we have like flaws. And that's one of the things that I do like about the uh, the look. Not the look, but the uh, speed play setup is it is a lot easier to address the sync. Granted, you can still do it with like the yes. look pedals. You can still put shims in there and whatnot, but it just makes it a little bit but easier, especially for a easier. bike yeah. fitter to go on there and start making these tweaks and adjustments. Right. So, right. very cool. Um, anything else that you guys want to say about the road style stuff? Like, what recommendation you're going to make to them? I mean, there's, in my opinion, there's kind of just your big three that are like true to just being road specific. You've got, you know, look, you've got specialized. Oh, not specialized. You've got. I need to eat something, you guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> you get play. Shimano, this the, Shimano, S, the look. SPD, and then you've got the the Speed Play. So yeah. those are your big three, and we we're all going to lean towards look. I think all three of them are good. I think that there is a, yeah. a hierarchy there, though. But what about the the mountain bike side of things, or the off road side of things? Where are you guys going to lean? You're you're going to go SPD again. I'm going SPD because that's what I'm used to. And Matt's used yeah. to the the Crank Brothers, yeah. right? And I still am going to go with Crank Brothers as well. And I can give you my reasons, which I kind of already have alluded to. I just think that it's a, a superior system. Just my two cents. Yeah. So, I And I think they're a great company, too. I think those pedals are a lot easier to service. I think that they stand yeah. behind the pedals pretty well, but then so does Shimano. But just the, the, the notion of being able to clean the bearings, service the bearings, tighten everything down. You can replace those springs that if they break. And I've only broke one set of them, and I've been riding them for, gosh, almost 20 years now. <laughs> I have pedal struck rocks so hard yeah. with those and haven't yeah. done any damage to my those speed plate pedals built like little yeah. army tanks they yes. are pretty tough yeah they're pretty so, tough you guys want to talk about like cleat placement that's another thing it's like all right well you've got this uh this great pedal system you've got these uh these cleats that go on your your shoe a lot of people just bolt them and start going do you guys want to talk about like the specifics of where we bolt these things well, to and why this is a no i just bolt them and start going <laughs> that's exactly what i do too lance <laughs> i don't have any idea i just whatever was on there before when yeah. i get a new pair of shoes i just bolt them in the same spot because i guess that's what my body's used to sure yeah. Do you? I'm. I'm weird. I grab like a permanent marker and like outline my cleat so sure. that I can put it in the exact same in the spot. right same spot. Go look at all of my cleats or all my shoes. Rather, all have, and you'll see the same yeah. little outline there. It's like a cleat died. You know what I mean? Like, I think this. Yeah. Exactly. This I, worked. And I then it's like stick with it. My yeah. cleats are all shoved like all the way forward. Or all the way back. See, I can't remember which it, which it yeah, is, but it's of one of those where it's all the way forward or all the way back. It's usually all the way back. It might be all the way back, yeah. and then I just crank it down and go. <laughs> yeah. And you've when you look at the bottom of a shoe, too, there's generally, on a, on the nicer shoes, you're going to see all the little measurement points. So you have, like, yeah. you know, kind of have an idea of where everything's at in relation to it. But like Matt said, you can put the little Sharpie outline on it. That works pretty slick. But it, it really does become important to make sure that it's set up so that your your legs are pointed in the right direction. Right. You don't want a toe to be in or out. And it doesn't take much to, to skew that. I mean, if you're off by a millimeter and you're in, in at your up towards your toe box, that's going to kick your heel out a lot more than a millimeter because it 
projects out. Right. And then all of a sudden you're going to start to develop some knee pain. Or if your cleat is too far forward and all of a sudden you're pushing down with your toes too much, you might start to develop like a you know hot spot in the arch of your foot. You might get some calf cramps. But if you're also too far back and you're like in the arch of your foot, again, hot spots, or you're going to lose power transfer. So right. it's really important to make sure that you find that little happy medium spot. Um, do you guys have like a system for how you guys uh, set that up? I don't. I think all the I think all the ligaments in my knees and hips and legs are all so stretched out that they don't get sore anymore. <laughs> How about you, Matt? Yeah, I just try to like I said, try to keep it consistent with what's worked in the past and you know, I feel I do feel like you can feel a little bit of alignment issues like if it, you know, if if you put on a new cleat and it feels like it's tilt, tilted or twisted the wrong direction like because We've biked enough that we, you know, our legs feel when things right, are right. off alignment-wise, and you can make those little minor tweaks. And it's usually just because you tighten one bolt, you know, tighter down than another one. And it kind of gave it a little bit of a twist. And when I look at my cleat pattern, it does. It looks to me like they're kind of tilted weirdly uh, inward or something like that. But when I look down at my foot, it's going straight along the it bike. Like so that. I don't know. Just the way your body has adjusted to it or made it work. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? But I just stick with it. And I'm just, you know, I, when I get a new pair of shoes, it's kind of like there's some play, like I play around with it for a little while and I am due for a new pair of shoes. It's been at least three or four years. Oh. So I, um, I I need shoe recommendations. I, I break shoes too often. I really like the Euro shoes. I've been I've had really good luck with those, but here's another thing: when you get new shoes and you put brand new cleats on a, yeah. a new set of shoes, if um, <laughs> that first ride you go out to do with those new cleats on, you need to make sure you bring your multi-tool with you, yeah. <laughs> because this has happened to me where I've cranked them down really hard, thinking, yeah, they're on there, they're solid, and then I go ride. And within like three miles, the the whole cleat is just a little bit loose, so yeah. I end up having to really, uh, I you know, stop, pull over, pull my multi tool out, and really crank that thing down. Well, and I I also think that like one of the things is, you know, riders may start to hear squeaking noises or whatever, and they don't realize that it's coming from their shoe because. Those squeaky noises kind of like, it seems like they're coming from somewhere in the middle of your bike. You never know, but it, it just happens to be the cleat. Like sometimes it's because it's an old cleat and sometimes it's because it's a brand new cleat, but they tend to be a little Correct. bit more squeaky squeaky when you first start, you know, when you first crank them on there. And I was like, you know, you hear a friend's bike squeak and, you know, and, and they're like, yeah, I don't know where this is coming from. I'm like, you know, and you notice new cleats on there. I'm like, simple, the check the cleat. That's, and that's one of the easiest things to just tighten tighten down and see if it's better so. right tight and clean don't put grease on there probably not a good idea because it comes a little too slippery and you can actually clip out a lot easier than you were intending yes <laughs> but i have seen Do you don't grease the threads on your the, shoes the, like the, the threads the... yes but i'm talking about the okay. actual cleat because sometimes just the engagement of the cleat yeah. on the pedal um you can get some debris that's on the pedal that you think oh i'm going to put some grease on there so that it, it's like a smoother surface right. and it's not going to um, make it too smooth it's usually yeah. just like do a good job of cleaning the cleat uh, and not the, cl- the cleat and the, the pedal itself so interesting yeah gotcha all right Cool. I'm sorry. There's uh, people calling and, and coming in, and I'm trying it's to multitask Wednesday. here. It's Wednesday. We're <laughs> it's, supposed to be doing this on Monday, on Monday. Dang it. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's talk. Uh, well, one other thing. Did you guys talk about float? They've probably heard us mention float. What float is? No. Do you we guys? Didn't. Go ahead. 
I know the answer. Everybody knows the answer, but float is just how much your foot rotates um, clockwise or counterclockwise before the the clip disengages. Correct. So you can buy cleats with zero float, which means your foot is locked in. in. It yep. doesn't rotate clockwise or counterclockwise at all. Um, I don't like zero float. I like. What do you guys have, use? Do we like, all use same gray. Whatever gray, the gray six one is. degree, gray yeah. six degree. Yeah. Yeah. We all use the same thing. We are such a boring podcast. <laughs> well, a lot of we times we need some like, people. I'm gonna I, actually. You know what, guys? You guys are all wrong. Don't use gray. <laughs> Don't use gray. <laughs> you have to go zero Black. or the or the. I think red is the one where it's just like tons Nine degrees. of float. Yeah, yeah. So, do you want to talk about those. why people would want float? Um, Do I don't know? know. Okay, so a, <laughs> so a please lot of, tell me. A lot of times, because we're not perfect, and like if we were perfect and our bodies were perfectly symmetrical and we didn't have any muscle imbalances and our bodies were able to work through this plane like perfectly, right. we wouldn't need to have any float because our heel wouldn't move at all. So if you've got somebody that's got like a knee issue or a hip issue, they'll make little tiny adjustments there. Like if you're a little tight in the hip, you're gonna maybe externally rotate your your femur a little bit, which is gonna cause your knee to kind of follow a different trajectory. It's gonna kind of almost make like little micro circles if you will when you're pedaling around right, just to kind of yeah. to get that power and then that translates down to your heel making a little bit of a of movement as well to compensate for that and the next thing you know you've got your your toe box that needs to move as well and that's why they have float most of us ride with the gray because we need just a little bit of that because we're not perfect and it's it's one of those things if you're not careful that I mean you could ride with it but you could actually cause yourself pain because you're gonna have to work against that so all of a sudden uh, like that hip issue is gonna cause the the knee to be the the weak joint of the whole thing the weak link of the whole thing you're gonna develop knee pain and you're gonna be like why is my knee hurt from riding my bike well it might have to do with the fact that it's your hip but it's actually starting at your foot so yes do you think most people do you really think that most people use the gray do you think it's the most popular one I think red is the most popular to be honest with you I was wondering. I, I that's think, just from what I've seen and what I've ordered. For I would people. think it would be like popularity wise, would be like red, then gray, then black. That's hundred percent. And I'm just completely guessing. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, you're hundred percent right. Red being the most float. float exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's just it, it's the most comfortable to get into. It might for some people be a little off putting because your foot can keep turning and keep turning. Like before, this thing's gonna come out. Yeah. You know, and you just kind of learn it. But eventually. Um, you, know, you can get there, but then you get those people and, and you realize that they don't have a true need to be that much. You put them on the gray, they're like, oh, I like that a lot better. That's nice. Yeah. yeah it comes out a little bit easier and I still have the float that I need. We're good to go. But you also have to get those set up right because sometimes they'll set their foot up in there and they've got the float, but they're going to set up to one extreme, one side or the other, where your foot's mm. in line, but it you, you maybe you're missing a little bit more of that float that you yeah, kind of want. Yeah. So that's where it becomes perfect, to not perfect, but uh, a priority to make that, uh, that cleat be positioned correctly. You want to have the right amount of play on both sides. That makes sense. Makes sense? Yeah. Cool. Anything else that you guys want to talk about with respect to pedals? Pedal talk. This Anything? has been pedal talk. Pedal talk. <laughs> it's not the same as mustache talk, you know? <laughs> Look at my glorious mustache. Yeah. Well, one last thing. We'll talk about the shoes because you'll look under a lot of shoes and – that's where it's going to tell you what kind of a cleat you can put on there. There are shoes that you can put all cleats on there. There are some shoes where you can put True. just road cleats on there. Right. And there's some shoes where you can just put on the uh, the off-road cleat. So um, that's something that you're going to want to pay attention to as well. If you're looking to do a certain thing, you're going to like, oh, I finally got my cleats that I want. And then you go out and buy, oh, these are the shoes I want. And you go put them together and like, womp, womp, womp. doesn't work <laughs> doesn't because work. they just don't go together. Yeah. So you got to make sure that you pay attention to that as well. That triple hole setup in the um, on the road is it's a pretty solid. It's setup. pretty solid. Yeah. yeah. So, 
I like that. Um, I don't know if there's anything else that I want to talk about here unless you guys want to chit-chat about anything. Matt, you got anything? Um, you know, watches. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> I'm all about, you know, I've... I've I'm all about the old watches, you know, bike and bike computers. We talked about, I think on the last podcast, I've got a whole bunch of um, bike computer videos coming out soon. If I can get around to making them, which the middle sure. of the night's not working. So. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah. Your, uh, <laughs> your videos came out today. I think they're good, Matt. Thank Just you. Just relax. Shutter speed, shutter speed, shutter speed. Don't worry about it. It's all going to be okay. <laughs> Live and learn. I mean, we're all <laughs> learning all here. It's all going to be good. You'd think I would have learned that a long time ago, but yes, all right. we're all learning. Let's put a fork in the pedal talk, and let's go ahead and jump into the lead-out news. Ooh. Do we want to do the whole... Champ Bailey here. This guy... Yeah. I put my pants here. on. <laughs> there's, your, there's your intro right there. All right. What's up, Champ? Uh, lots of stuff happened last week. The uh, Giro d'Italia yep. finished up. And Giro d'Italia. Giro, and guess who won? Yeah, Egon Bernal. Bernal. Egon Bernal. Egon Bernal won by just about a minute. So um, he didn't. He kind of started to blow apart one day, but uh, his teammates rallied him, and him he back. he did well enough in the final time trial that he won by about a minute. That's um, not a killing in a grand three week Grand Tour. A minute is you know, it's, it's not showing that, some weakness. Correct. But is the Giro? It's and it's not the Tour. Yeah, the great story was second place was Damiano Caruso. Damiano Caruso, mm-hmm. who is a domestique for his uh, Bahrain uh, teammates, uh-huh. and they let him be the leader at this race, and he ended up second. Really? Yes. He's like, he's he's been around pro cycling for years and years and years, and he's always been, you know, one of the super domestiques. Yep. And, um, Give him a chance uh, to shine there. He gave him a chance to shine. I think their team leader crapped out, like, at the beginning of the race. I, I should know more. I'm... I'm showing my weakness as a sportscaster. We need we need Price here again. <laughs> we need Price, Price really. Here. Price is the one that let us down. Okay, but he ended up taking second, which is fantastic. And third was uh, Simon Yates, so he kind of held on. Simon Yates, yeah. So he's still doing okay. When are we going to do our tour tour prediction video? You know what? That's coming up really soon. Probably three I mean, weeks. That is. Yeah, three weeks. We sh- we need to do it within the next three weeks. I think we'll do it yeah. like one to two, two weeks. weeks out. Yeah, one to two weeks out. Yeah. So in, in well, a couple weeks. Yeah. Here's the problem: if you don't do it closer to the tour, people get injured like right before the tour, yeah, either right. Dolphinet or whatever. Like things just things happen, and some people are out. You learn about that stuff like the first day of the tour sometimes. So it's kind of it's kind of tricky to make a big prediction list and be like, "Yep, yeah. Roglic isn't even gonna do the race." So, <laughs> right, you know. right. Didn't that happen last year? Something know. like that. Yeah. Uh, the Dauphiné is also going on right now, yep. and um, there's a lot of big hitters that are there. Uh, uh, Geraint Thomas and uh, Chris Froome. And there's, but How's Froome looking? I haven't been paying attention to that, and I know they're always talking about good. he's coming around, he's working on getting himself in shape, and today I, I was, did see like he's going to prep himself for the tour. Today was the fourth stage, uh-huh. and it was a time trial, and Froome lost two minutes. Two minutes on yeah. a time trial? And, on and a time it's, trial. it's a time trial. And it was time um, trial. I I like Chris Froome. I I really enjoyed the fact like that everyone thought he was a robot, and then he you know attacked on the descent and you know I I just like the yeah. person as a a lot of people he's easy to hate because you know Team Sky back in the day and it was just like I don't know but like I really like him. I'm all for him, hoping that he gets healthy again and continues to ride. And I think he's doing it because he loves it because he doesn't need the money. I think he's doing it because he wants 
five tour wins because that's historic as well. I just, I don't know. My 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 gut feeling is that he's done. I just don't think he was ready to uh, hang it up, even though his yep. uh, ability has dropped off a bit since mm-hmm. the bad accident, the femur break. Yeah, that was unfortunate. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I mean, he was getting close to the end of the road, and I think that that was just the. I don't want to say nail in the coffin because that's a little much, but I mean, yeah. I just think that that was it. I mean, yeah. that that was that was it. I, I hope he proves us wrong. Me yeah. too. Cool. What else? Um, the only other big news um, is uh, the Unbound Gravel Grinder is happening Ooh. this Saturday. And That's this Saturday. That is this Saturday. Wow. is being broadcast live. Really? Yes. They are live uh-huh. broadcasting, which is fantastic. Where can people watch that? Do you know off um, the top of your head? It, it was, no, I don't. But I know it's being broadcast live. I'm a whole lot of help. On right. the interwebs or the TVs or... I think it's it's on the interweb. It's like just their website. I don't think that. I think broadcasting that is going to be tricky, right? Because they're in the middle of nowhere. You, you're going to get bits and clips and pieces, but sure. we'll see. Uh, yeah, they've got they've got uh, motorcycles and um, like four wheel uh, drive cars that are going to be wow. following yeah. the race action. But they're going to have to have like satellite. I mean, isn't it? I mean, I you're, think that's what you're they're not going to have cellular connection throughout that whole thing. We'll see. Not not the whole thing. It is. There's no mountains out there, but. Sa- but satellites sketchy. Yeah, tons we'll of big names racing this. Yeah, lots of big names showing up for this. It, I, some people are calling uh, Unbound Gravel like the premier bike race event in the U.S. at the moment. Name a bigger race. I don't, yeah, I mean, you lost the tour to California. I mean, that, in my opinion, was probably the big one, and you still got the tour of Utah and the tour of Colorado. Kind but of. those are yeah. just stage races that aren't widely watched. But right. If you think about a single race that's got probably the most popularity that's tough to beat so lots of big names showing up for that and sure. anybody big and gravel um is doing it um some world tour pros are lining yep. up this year um uh, lawrence tendam and um oh uh jim o'brien just said it's flow sports that is um broadcasting broadcasting yep. oh wow uh, okay yeah unbound those so. guys started started with track and field and Back in the day, Flow Sports were trying, like, I was a software developer and they were like trying to get this program off the ground where it was like, hey, we want to do live streaming. How do we do it? And I was like, well, this is at the time when Flash was like the, the way you do it. And right. that's what I was an expert in, and like, especially all the streaming stuff. And now they're big time. Now they've got all these different sports. They switched from track and field and now they're doing cycling. They've got wrestling. They've got a couple other different sports, it's but all I think they deal stuff. with. They deal with obscure sports. Obscure Sports Weekly, the Ocho. Some <laughs> movie reference so, yeah, for us. Uh, Lawrence Tendam showing up. Um, Ian Boswell. He has retired wow. from World Tour Pro. Correct. He um, he got a pretty bad concussion um, at the Dauphiné, like or no, at the Tirano or Dratico, like a year and a half ago, and uh, didn't renew his contract with. Um, was he racing for Katusha? So he is out there racing gravel. Uh, Quinn Simmons is showing up from Trek. Um, Thomas Decker is also showing up. Um, there's uh, Colin Strickland, Pacey McKelvin, Yuri Hosvold, Ted King, Dylan uh, Johnson, P- Dylan Johnson, <laughs> Peter Stetna. Holy um, cow! Yeah, uh, Curtis White, a uh, 
a um a cyclocross racer. He is coming. I mean, oh my gosh, there's so many people doing Chris this Surratt. race. Chris Surratt, our own teammate, Chris, Chris the, Surratt. The Chris Surratt. The, you know if the vegan Alvin cyclist Alvin. is doing it? I vegan cyclist is doing it as well. I, I, I would assume. And his adventure buddy, um, Jeremiah Bishop, is also doing it. Um, who was like a Lance? Do you feel like you're missing out? Do you feel a little Dude, bit of that? Uh, Two hundred mile race? No, it's a long it way. It's just you're like, no, thank you. They got the kitty version, the hundred mile. They do have a hundred mile race. They have a kitty version. I should be out there doing the kitty version. I should have gone out there with Chris and done the, the kitty version. The toddler version at like sixty miles. I want the toddler version. <laughs> I don't want this two hundred mile crap. Um, yeah, so lots of big names doing this race. It's kind of exciting watching what's going to happen. So, have you been looking at anybody's power profiles from these things? From I mean, granted, they're not the two hundred mile variety, but let's just talk about. Like some of the races that were last week, and there was a bunch of them last week, and we talked about it in the, the podcast last week. What kind of power profile are we seeing from these guys? What kind of normalized power, average power, peak watts? I mean, what what's pretty typical for those? I haven't looked, so I'm just it's a well, curiosity question there. You know, most of these guys have FTPs in the three sixty to four hundred range, sure, or or more, and um, they're they're. It's hard to say with because a lot of these gravel races don't have a lot of big climbs. It's just like what are they holding though? I guess is the million dollar question. Well, they just like a tour race. They have like these huge because it's a two. You know, a lot of those are two hundred mile race sure, style right. distances or or hundred and fifty. You know, I think. But like uh, you know, they're holding pretty low wattages under two hundred for big long sections of it. But then sure. they'll do another big clip where they'll hold you know, 300 watts or whatever for a bigger... I mean, this is just from Dylan Johnson who posts details on his race and his numbers. Of course, yeah. if you're heavier or lighter, those numbers would be different, but sure. uh, we should probably talk in, you know, watts per kilo. But uh, those, you know, those guys will put in, you know, big 20-mile blocks of of upper, you know, right around 300 watts or whatever the, right. where they're doing more damage to the lead sure. pack and things like that. But it seems to me like more real racing, right? Where it's like, hey, yeah. these there's front packs and sometimes we're trying to break the pack and sometimes we're, you know, working together and, you know, it just depends on the situation. But the difference in sitting like the difference in sitting on a wheel on the yep. road and sitting on a wheel in gravel is sixty yep. or eighty watts higher in gravel just because there's more yep. resistance from the gravel and yeah. the tires. And, some, so, and, and sometimes you're getting a lot of spray from dirt and gunk and things correct. like that. And it's like it's just not it's not great. Matter of fact, so. Pace McKelvin, probably one of the favorites going into this, he got Giardia um, after Ooh. the um, Bentonville race. Oh no! So he was on his back and in the bathroom for like four days. He is rallying good enough that he's going to make it to the start line, but it was not a foregone conclusion. Good, be there, yeah. Good lead in, no. you know, with that. Oof, so kind of crazy. The women's side also has a ton of hitters: uh, Amity yeah, Rockwell and Allison Tetrick, former winners. Uh, Kathy Pruitt, who showed up at Belgium Waffle Ride last year, who's a triathlete and and whipped she'll, the she'll field. Crush she it then. she wow. crushed it. Casey Armstrong, who um, has won a bunch of races. Rebecca Faringer um, has won a bunch of gravel stuff. She's won all our Northwest gravel races this year, and she's she's out there racing. So um, it, yeah, a lot of Heather Jackson, Angela Nash, both. Um, triathlete studs. Both triathletes that are showing up for this as well. So wow. the women's race has just big hitters too. It, I mean, are they still going to be exciting? In, what are they capped at? Is it two thousand? 
Is that how many entries they're taking for that? I think so. I about think it's something like that. That's a I think what's race. nice about that, you know, I, I, although it might be different for the women since they're kind of mixed in, but like, I think breakaways are real, right? Where like, because a lot of those guys are using those little arrow bars. Sure, yep. they are legal at um, Unbound. They're calling it UGG, UGG Un Unbound Gravel Grinder. So at UGG okay. this year, um, yeah. They um, <laughs> like me a good acronym. I like that. That's yeah, okay. it's fine. Yeah, um, yeah. The uh, yeah, arrow bars are legal there. So legal it is. Are you gonna ever put arrow bars in your gravel bike? Have you I, thought about it? I I don't think so because anytime I'm gonna do a race that's long enough that I, that arrow bars would actually be beneficial for me, that's not my jam. You're just not gonna do it, right? No. <laughs> if I need arrow bars, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> You're a triathlete, Lance. I know, man. I'm a recovering triathlete. Your roots. Fun. You need to get those arrow bars on. I'll help you. I'll help you put them on. <laughs> right on. Anything else? That's it. Champ out. Champ out. Matt, you got anything to report from the triathlon world? The running world? You want to do a service to uh, that? Uh, well, there, there was a high school kid that went, um, I don't remember his exact time in the 1500. Uh, it's a new high school record in 1500, which is, it, was, it wasn't just a new record. It was like a big drop. And get this, his high school time, he's he's 18 years old, his time for the 1500 was faster than the collegiate record. Holy cow, in the are you kidding me? What? No, I'm not joking. Where's and he off guys to usually, he... he's, so he's, uh, he was in a, a pro race or whatever, which, you know, does happen sometimes, but he also got an Olympic, tr Olympic A qualifier time, like he's one of seven Americans that has that time. In high I mean, school. I'm sure, in, yeah, in high school. I mean, I'm sure he's a senior, he's finishing up school, but uh, oh he's from goodness. Michigan. And uh, that was a cool, cool race. Um, you know, just basically was conservative and then closed hard in the race, which I think is kind of when you're a high schooler in a professional race. It was here in Portland. It was, uh, they have like their, like a Portland, I don't remember what they call it, Twilight Race or something like that each year that's pretty big. And he crushed it. It's cool. Wow. Jeez. That is impressive. Travel World, Triathlon World local race is supposed to be this coming weekend. It's was called the PDX Triathlon. However, they're planning on doing it in the Vancouver Lake. No, and I talked. We all to them know this how morning. that. We they all made, know how that tastes. They made the call yesterday. They're switching it over to Frenchman's Bar, and they will be swimming in the Columbia because of the algae bloom. They are okay. Yeah. That's yeah. good because I thought that they were just going to do a duathlon style thing, and that's no one likes that. So. Now, I spoke with them on the phone this morning, and they they transitioned as of, as of yesterday. They're taking care of all the permits today, and it's going to be on for um, Saturday for the kids and Sunday good. for the uh, the triathlon. So, okay, cool. So that was kind of. I'm going to try to go it. out there and bring some camera stuff. I think if you want, on you want to come with me. I'll be out there on Sunday. I'll be out we'll, there. We'll be out there. Five thirty in the morning. If you want to come, I'm going to try to get there early because I want to get <laughs> drone footage. And basically, they shut down the road too. If you yeah. if you're not out there at a certain time, you can't get out there. So correct. So cool. Wow. That it. That's it. Cool. I wanted to uh, one other thing here locally. We've got another segment that, and it, it, this was just I just caught wind of this this morning. I totally missed it, but um, I think it was on Monday on, on Memorial Day. Um, our, our good friend Beef Mountains, who uh, destroyed that large KOM, went out and he oh, did yeah. the Washougal triple, triple Crown. The Triple Crown. Oh, I didn't see this. You didn't see this? No. So you got uh, Tonk who went out and he put in a, a good solid effort. And he, he had it at 117, an hour and 17 minutes and 21 seconds. And there was a little like rumor that our good friend Joey Joe Jr. Shabadoo. <laughs> 
yeah. Everyone was there on Monday. Was there to kind of help uh, pace Tonk? I don't know what kind of pacing happened there, how much he helped him out, but Tonk still put in a stellar effort. But there was a little rumor that uh, Mr. Joey Joe Jr. might have actually had a faster time but didn't post his times because he I think uh, I remember that. wanted to give the, the, the kudos to Tonk because Tonk was the one that was going for it. Well, It's true. So he uh, he kind of kept it's it quiet, true. and and all of a sudden it's posted because uh, somebody else was going to go out there and put an effort into it. But our good friend, uh, Mr. Beef Mountains, a.k.a. Mike Guyvan, I don't know if we're supposed to be outing him or not, but it is we what it is, yeah. went out and he put an you effort into the, uh, the the Triple Crown, which it's 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 not an easy route. It's, uh, what is it, like 20-something miles, and there's a crap ton of climbing. 25.6 miles, miles okay. 1,200 feet, feet of, of climbing. climbing. It's great. He put in a time. So JoJo Jr. actually had the hour and 16 minutes and 59 seconds, so he was actually faster than Tonk um, by a little bit. Beef Mountains went out there and did it in an hour and 14 and 43 seconds. He averaged 315 watts. Oh, my gosh, what? you guys. 20.6 20. mile an hour average. His his watts for, per kilogram for right 20, now are just like miles. off the charts. So, um, yeah, that it was pretty is nuts. crazy. And I think his watts per kilogram, he's like creeping up on like low five point somethings into the mid five point somethings. Right. And that is that is getting crazy strong and fast. And I'm really curious to see how he does tonight at the uh yeah, he's coming. Mount, Mount Tabor race. So and oh, is he okay. still racing as a three? Is he still a three? I, I don't know because I you can't see the registered um riders anymore yeah. after this morning. So I don't know who's gonna anyway be. I just wanted to give a shout out to Mike. That was a pretty solid effort. I know that's not a race, but that's just a, a route that a lot of our teammates go out there and they put efforts into that's probably that one in Larch are probably the two most contested. That will maybe the the Vancouver Lake one too. But oh my gosh. That is something else. So kudos. Pretty kudos amazing. to Mr. Guy Van. So Kudos beefy. Cool. <laughs> kudos All right. beefy. Thanks, Champ Bailey. Appreciate that. Let's jump into some Patreon stuff here. We didn't get to do this last week because just flat out forgot. Um, we've got our little jar here, and we're going to do a little drawing of uh, the folks that are uh, that are still in there. The people who have won recently have been removed, and we're just kind of going through that. The um, yeah, the winners gotcha. have been removed. So, Lance, do you want to pull one out of there? He's he's doing this legit. I'm watching his hands are pie. It's live. He's digging through there. He's pulling one out. And who is it? It is... Laura Anderson. Laura Anderson. Ooh, cool. I like Laura. She's awesome. Yep. Super, uh, super cool. Great supporter of the show. And she gets to come down here and pull something out of the uh, the box. We've got a box full of all kinds of cool stuff. And there's actually some new socks in there, too. Some oh, dialed cool. socks in there. So that you you want a pair of dialed socks, uh, you can have yourself one of those. Um, one other thing while we're on the, the Patreon topic. I'm not going to reveal the name to the world because I want them to Good. have their anonymity still. But the real Champ Bailey has outed themselves to we, me. We did uh, we find do, out who, the real, know who the real Champ Bailey is. This is good because they can they can win things in the drawing, but it's still a fun game of yeah. we don't know, you know, of some it, people not knowing it who it is. It was basically along the lines of paraphrase, but damn it, I'm tired of not winning anything. This is who it is. So, And I told them that I'm not going to pull their name out. I want them to still have their, their moniker. The, of the, real, the real, real Champ, Champ Bailey's Bailey. name is back in, in the uh, drawing. Yep. Yeah. So, Mr. Real Champ Bailey, thank you for your support. And for yeah. those who want to support the Dial Podcast, you can go to dialpodcast.com and you will find the Patreon link right on there that you can click on through and find a Patreon that works best for you. You can be entered into all these drawings and we've got dial podcast stickers and shout outs and we want to have some of you guys on to do the listener hot laps and just uh, have you be a part of the show so we appreciate the support excellent cool all right i think that is it for that stuff let's jump into one last thing and call this thing a day uh, matt you want to do one last thing for us 
two videos in one day. Not Come one. on, people. <laughs> There's, <laughs> uh, yeah. So you know, quality question mark. But I think that um, it's still worth going and checking out YouTube.com/slash/mlegrand. There's two. Basically, Garmin made an announcement today. Uh, also, it's Global Running Day today, which is a good thing that we are doing a cycling podcast on Global <laughs> Running Day. But with the Global Running Day, Garmin actually announced two new watches, the Forerunner 945 LTE, which has that LTE cellular service uh, where you can do things like you know, live track or you can do event tracks. People can send you messages uh, while you're actually in an event. You know, goes right to your phone. Doesn't have to go through your um, your you actual you smartphone. Text like, back to them, you, correct? You can't text. Is there you like cannot. pre designed things like There's responses? There's not, and so that was one, one of way my complaints. Yeah, sort of. Uh, when you're going through it, so there's other things that it can do. Like there's uh, an emergency situation kind of. Um, so you can do like this, like double tap. You know, I'm I'm being SOS. tracked by some yeah whatever. Like you know, uh, a guy in one of those sketchy vans that you guys have is, is following <laughs> me around. That's when you want to hit that assist button, and uh, and that and with that particular one, you know, there's two a couple different things. There's assist and there's assist plus. But you can get you know 24 hour emergency service directly from your watch, and you can. Um, use some canned messages like I'm hurt or I, uh, my friend is hurt. Like there's some canned messages that you can use right from the watch, which is cool. Uh, and they also do have this ability to use this like slight keyboard thing, which you really wouldn't want to type on this watch unless you've got a lot of spare time, but it is possible to type in some sort of specific messages. But those are for those kind of um, assistant situations. It's not like you can type messages back to friends who are spectating and watching your sure. live event, unfortunately. I would love to see that. I'm sure Garmin is going to iterate on all of this stuff, but uh, it's interesting because it's kind of like Garmin cellular service, or I'm sure it's piggybacked on you know, someone else, but still it's their deal. And they're taking the, they're actually charging the monthly rates and it's not an excessive amount of money. It's I was just like going to say, what does it cost? Six bucks, six bucks a month for a year. Uh, but if you, so if you sign a yearly contract, if you go month to month, it's seven bucks a month. So not, um, not as much as like a lot of the, uh, other smart devices that Lance, you have an Apple watch, right? I do. Yeah. Do you, do you have it connected to the LTE services or anything I, like that? No. I don't I think no. that I don't know exactly what most of the carrier services charge for connecting a smart watch, but I think it's significantly more than that. I think that this is obviously less feature rich, but I think less expensive as well. So it is kind of that one way communication and it's kind of for athletic events and things like that. So do you see yourself uh, ditching your current 945 in favor of the 945 LTE? Well, there's a lot more changes to the 940. It's not like they just took the 945 and they added LTE to it. And so there are significant changes. The whole oh, watch really? body, the watch body is different. It's a different size watch. Uh, GPS accuracy is significantly better. Really? It's different. It's actually got a different heart rate monitor built into it. It's got their newer heart rate monitor that's more accurate. So I may, so I have to send this one back to Garmin, but I may pick up, you know, uh, pick this one up. I don't know. I haven't decided just yet. Uh, I know a guy that, that, you know, sells Garmin stuff. So <laughs> I know a guy that gets a, a, a single demo unit that maybe he can help you out with that too. So yeah, I might yeah. be up for that because, cool. um, yeah, I like to have, especially watches that are kind of like 
major changes in, in you know top of the line triathlon watch i feel like it well, kind of matches my channel i feel like i should have one yeah. on hand because a lot of time you're comparing watches you're saying like here's this size here's that size and yeah uh, well, you, you know, know so right the, now this i was gonna say you yeah, know the 945 inside and out so it, like it behooves yeah. you to wear that new one to really learn all the nuances of that thing so you can speak to it you can do your 100 day follow-up or your one year follow-up and that's a fantastic yeah. thing that people love because those videos those videos are super functional i mean people love yeah. them um, that I feel like is kind of where my channel has gone. Not like I had like a steering wheel or anything like that. And I was directing it. It's just kind of drifts <laughs> <laughs> and somehow I'm spinning the middle of the night making videos. But. Love it. Uh, cool. Lance. Yes. One last thing, bud. Uh, I got three, la three last things. What? Wow. Is that the whole title of one last thing? <laughs> one last three things. <laughs> one last three things. I am racing my road bike for the first time in two years in about wow. four hours. Wow. Four hours from yeah. now, huh? So, Good um, luck. The Mount Tabor um, race series is back in the Portland area, and uh, it's a little, like, mile-and-a-half-long circuit that uh, has some climbing in it. And, um, yeah, so that's starting back up tonight. So that's kind of exciting. Lots of Portland people are excited that road racing is – we've got a race to do here in the Portland area for yep. the first time in a couple years. So – that's kind of exciting. Lots of teammates are going to be there. Yep. So that should be kind of exciting. So, wish I could be there. Long story, but yeah, long story. Maybe one of these days I'll be back out there. So, <laughs> um, the other thing, it is my 27th uh, wedding anniversary hey. this Friday with Happy my sweet wife Brandy. She is a phenomenal artist and a wonderful uh, wife and mother. So we love. I her. love her art. I love. I mean, uh, just you guys should say. all follow her on Instagram. Follow her on Instagram. It's worth it. I mean, you can follow Lance. He's cool too. But mm. I mean, really, you want to follow Lance's better. Brandy path, Hepler so. Art is her Instagram handle. She's she's fantastic so it's, that's an understatement yeah she's that good she's really yeah. good she's yeah. her yeah. stuff she's her crazy. animations that they like you look at them and they just like exude like 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 a, a message or yes. like a feeling or a, something like you just like you instantly connect to them they're yeah. they're good they evoke those feelings yeah get all the feels good stuff <laughs> so that's my second thing my last thing is it is my youngest daughter's 21st birthday on Whoa, sunday party on. as wow. well so yeah, so you guys gonna go do shots together? Big party at the Hepler <laughs> house. We're having uh, we're having Thanksgiving dinner in June. That's what she wanted for really? uh, her birthday. So that's that is awesome. Uh, that's yeah. fun. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Thanksgiving. Oh man, that sounds good. Are you gonna eat the turkey? Or are you gonna have like to tofu? Uh, she doesn't eat turkey either. So it's all it's the Thanksgiving sides dinner for <laughs> for, <laughs> for very June. specific. So that's what happened. So that that's what happened with me. Cool. Uh, my one last thing is I will be out at the PDX Triathlon all weekend this weekend. They will be doing the kids race on Saturday afternoon and evening, whatever you want to call that. And then on Sunday, I will be out there at the crack of dawn, probably before the sun comes up and performing uh, like all, or helping them out with all their bike related needs. And we Jake, will have do you want to fly some you want to fly some drones for yes, sunrise yes. and out in Vancouver Lake area? Sure. Man, that could be fun. Let's we could. It, we it. should just camera geek out if we're gonna. If you're gonna be there early. <laughs> well, I'm already bringing just everything go. just because I want to take pictures of everybody on yeah. the team. So that would be Let's fantastic. Yeah. If you want to hop a ride, you're welcome to come out, but you gotta stick with me until it's I all know. said. And done. I want to bring my own car just for that reason because <laughs> as soon as I get the chance to bolt, I am gone. Yeah, I think I'm able yeah, to some... get out of there about twelve or one o'clock, so it's not too bad. Oh, okay, that's not too bad. Yeah, that's yeah. What she was I have saying. some ideas for some videos I want to make. Actually, maybe I'll hit you up and talk to you about it. Sure. So yeah, if you want to come out and cheer on or come by and say hi we will be out there and uh should be fun and then um yeah i'll, I'll talk about this other thing next week 
I'll just keep it to one thing. Let you we'll guys go over yeah. the top. Matt with his two videos and Lance with his three <laughs> things. Jeez, you guys. Lance had to one up us. <laughs> All right, everybody who watched on YouTube today, thank you very much. Um, there's a lot of comments in there. I didn't get a chance really to, to kind of hit on that, but we appreciate all of the, uh, the interaction there. Yes. Um, everybody who's listening to this, um, we recorded today. It will be out today because what I'm going to be doing after this. Just putting it out, yep. <laughs> uh, everybody who's listening, we do appreciate that as well. Um, we will see you all next week. Until then, bye for now. <laughs>